He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. I'm just going to hit record. Okay. Okay, so we're recording. We're recording right now. Yep. <laughs> Good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. It's what, the uh, the fourth week of Easter? It is. Um, all week long, actually. Yeah, the, uh, what is it? It's 50 days until Pentecost of Easter. Not 50 days from now, 50 days from Easter. Yeah, 50 yeah, days yeah. from Easter. So those, those 40 of days keeping of... Keeping track. 40 days of Lent, 50 days of Easter, because we are an Easter people. And, uh, and then Pentecost, Penta, five, uh, 50 days after Easter, the Holy Spirit comes down. So we're on the fourth week of Easter. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Yeah. The thing is, like, uh, it's not the power that a lot of people think, you yeah. know? In fact, that, well, that's... We, we don't have to jump into Pentecost yet. Yeah, we're not true. there. That's yeah, true. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about the Holy Spirit and how he's the drunk uncle that the Catholic <laughs> Church... A lot of Catholics don't like to talk about. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later. So, um, for, for those of you who are listening, Father and I were briefly talking before this podcast about all the different directions that we could go. And, and if you don't know this about me... Um, uh, I don't prepare a lot. I just kind of jump in. And and today, we, we're going down the rabbit hole of a million different directions. So that's how we started. I said, look, I'm going to just hit record and we're going to go with yeah, it. So, so if, this, if this episode isn't good, well, it's Father's fault. That, these were my, exactly <laughs> my last words. I don't even know if you hit record before you, I said that. My last words were, before you hit record, I think, is uh, I said, Hold up. So what are we talking about? And then you said, hey, I'm just going to hit record. And then that's whenever and I said, you said, oh, we're recording, we're recording right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this so weekend. Here we are. Episode 33, by the way. 33, the year that our blessed Lord uh, died, rose. And uh, this may be the last episode for us. Yeah, that, uh, it all, that everything died. We'll resurrect it next week. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny that, uh, you know, 33, um, I think I probably said this on the podcast before, but I was talking to a priest um, that was, you know, in another place and number of years back and you know he was having some trouble doing some things with the parish and he said, and he was just kind of telling me, he said, well, you know, Jesus was the best pastor there ever was and they loved him his first year, they hated him his second year and then they killed him the third year <laughs> and that was just three years of ministry, that's all they, they got out of him. <laughs> So like, okay. you're uh, quickly approaching year two. Yeah, the first year they loved me. The second year, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all downhill. Third after. year, I'll help them. I mean, yeah. did I say that? <laughs> third year. Oh wait, this is recording. Yeah, third you year. You got me. In. Okay, so. <laughs> but that was uh, so. This weekend was the Good Shepherd that we call this Good Shepherd Speaking Sunday. Of Jesus. Yeah, Good Shepherd Sunday because the fourth Sunday of Easter is always about a reading from the Good Shepherd of Jesus. You know, I, I, I was reading. And, and so I'm going to date this. Everybody's going to know that we're recording on Tuesday and not Wednesday, right? Okay. Um, which, I mean, they should know by now. But um, so this morning's gospel, uh, I was reading it thinking, man, he's literally calling us sheep. Like, mm-hmm. like, cause it, you know, my sheep know my voice, my sheep follow me. Like he's literally telling the scribes and Pharisees, my followers are stupid, but they follow me. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I was I, like, thanks Jesus. I remember I gave like a little practice homily in a uh, seminary you know, because you have to practice these things. And I gave a reflection on the role of a shepherd in the first century uh, Middle East. Um, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good job, you know. It was a very lonely job. 
and kind of seen more or less as an outcast, uh, shepherds, right? Because uh, you weren't around people at all, and so they'd give these th- that job to like people who were, you know, that dealt, that should be alone, it shouldn't be around people type thing. And uh, you rolled, you, yeah, well, <laughs> well, and you yeah. got up early, you went to bed late, and then even during the night, you definitely had to defend the sheep. So it was a hard job. A lot of walking, miles and miles and miles. Uh, to take care day. of a very dumb animal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hundreds of sheep. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a, a highfalutin job. So our blessed Lord kind of pulls the lowly, but, um, you know, up. It was, it was, it's a really interesting thing to reflect on. Why did God choose a shepherd, even in the Old Testament and and course in the new testament why did he choose a shepherd as the image um for him and his followers so what are your thoughts there i mean you're going to just leave us on that on that cliffhanger yeah my my thoughts on it i think uh to be alone with jesus to follow jesus to listen to him and to understand the the limits he's willing to go to bring you back um, being alone uh, in our gospel today, it says, my sheep hear my voice, right? So the shepherd is alone with the sheep. And so in some way you have to, you have to hear God's voice before. So it, whenever they start to list things in the gospel, usually it's in chronological order, usually, right? So anytime they list the disciples, Peter is always first. Huh? Um, but here it says, my sheep hear my voice. Before you can do anything, you have to listen to God, or at least make opportunities to listen to God. Before you can do anything, you could say, and look, there could be hard times in prayers, like, Father, I'm not, I'm not hearing anything from God. And what we'd call, or what St. Ignatius of Loyola would call, desolation. Right, so in prayer, we can have consolations and desolations. Uh, it's kind of like a roller coaster. Uh, consolations is the high points, desolations is the low points. Um, and we get foretaste of what St. John of the Cross would say, a dark night of the soul. Dark night of the soul is whenever you receive absolutely no consolation whatsoever. It's uh, what interiorly what Jesus felt on the cross. And he said very few people in existence will ever feel what the dark night of the soul is. And so we can have little splinters of that, huh? Little, little small taste of what the dark night of the soul is. And so you, some people would say, oh, Father, I'm going through the dark night of the soul. I don't feel anything. <laughs> uh, you know, you might be that, you know, that few people in existence that John of the Cross was talking about. Most likely, you're not. You're just, you're just going through, like, whether it's a year of, des- you know, kind of like your prayers not being heard or you feel like they're not being heard and there's no real consolation in prayer or uh, give. <clears throat> but even with that, the desolation and the consolation, you have to be with Jesus in order to hear his voice. And so really the hardest part about prayer is just kind of making time for prayer. Uh, it's just kind of putting it in your schedule. Said, hey, look, before I'm going to wake up, drink my coffee, 15 minutes of silence. 15 minutes, I'm going to just read the gospel and pray with it. Uh, before the kids wake up, you know, me me and the spouse, we're just going to we're gonna pray with the gospel. Uh, or before you go to bed, okay, five minutes where I just kind of pray with my wife and we're, uh, we're sitting in silence, uh, kind of reflecting on our day. You know, it's, it's really just about making that time to hear God's voice because it's very hard to follow the shepherd 
when you don't even see the shepherd or hear the shepherd. So a cool fact that not a lot of people know um, about about shepherds is they would hurt the sheep if the sheep don't listen, mm-hmm. right? When the, I mean, the sheep are dumb animals, and when they're not listening to the sheep, oftentimes the shepherd and they're running off, right? They don't realize that the wolves are out there and that there's danger mm-hmm. out there, and that the shepherd's there to really protect them. Um, the shepherd would go and break their legs and put them, you know, yep. off the, you, you'll see the image of Jesus as the good shepherd with a shepherd around his neck, with mm-hmm. a sheep around his neck. Um, well, the shepherd would break the legs of the sheep and then carry them. They didn't carry them to keep them safe. They carried them so that they would know the voice of the shepherd. Now they know who's keeping them safe, yeah. right? They broke the legs so they couldn't run off. They put them on their necks so that they would become familiar with the voice. And I think that goes to your point. Yeah. When we read the gospels, when we spend time in prayer with Jesus, we get to know his voice and it becomes easier to recognize his voice in the chaos of our days. Yeah. And uh, I guess you even kind of given that analogy of breaking the legs that's kind of like the desolation huh it's uh our blessed lord gives us these little dry periods in our prayer to make sure that we're falling in love with the gift giver and not falling in love with just the gifts so oftentimes we go through these huge conversion moments right Mm -hmm. um and and we've talked in, on this podcast about how our Lord uses our whole person, right? As the church uses the whole person, all of our senses, like to engage us and remind us who God is, right? And um, and, and in these conversion moments, oftentimes there's an emotional manifestation, right? There could be tears, there could be great joy, there could be, you know, and, and as humans, I think sometimes we have these conversion moments that are emotionally charged, let's say, and, and that's not a bad thing. Like our Lord uses, I mean, we have emotions, right? Mm-hmm. We experience emotions and, 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 in the interactions that we have with other people. It's emotional when we fall in love with someone. It was emotional when Alicia and I fell in love, right? Yeah. Um, our emotions are good. And yet I think sometimes the danger as Christians is we only look for the emotion, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and our Lord, even after our conversion moments, will continue to use our emotions to draw us deeper into him. And sometimes there'll be no emotion, yeah. right? Sometimes we feel like he's removed himself from us. You yeah. Know? I was talking to, who was I? I was talking to somebody yesterday, the day before, and they were, they, they said, you know, sometimes we just get home and we don't even talk. Right. Like, and, and she was talking about her spouse, like our days are just so exhausted. And by the time we get the kids to bed, like we just don't even talk. And I was like, Oh, good. We're not the only ones. Yeah. Right. And it was like, it, it, it's the relationship that we have with our Lord. Like sometimes we're just exhausted and we can't even talk to Jesus, but to sit there in his presence, to invite him, yeah. whether we're in the adoration chapel or we're just in the corner of our room, we can invite him to be there and be present to us. Mm. Even if we don't have words, like we're just, you know, getting to know our Lord more intimately, our shepherd more intimately. Yeah. The, uh, to be consistent, to kind of constantly show up through the thick and the thin. Uh, that's uh, to be faithful, and that and 
I remember reading from some saint that uh, we can be more like Jesus through our suffering than through our glory right now. And heaven is one where we'll be glorified and we'll be most like Jesus. But on earth, we're not glorified. You know, we still have aches and pains. We still have our concupiscence. We still have our tendencies towards sin. Um, you used the big word there, Father. Concupiscence. I think we've talked about concupiscence, but for those who are just tuning in for the first time, mm-hmm. can you explain that big fancy word yeah, that you con- picked up in Scott? Yeah, concupiscence is this... Uh, is this our inclination towards sin, right? So let's say I'm committing a sin uh, for every day for like a year, huh? And then, uh, you know, I'm finally ch- turning my life around. Look, I'm ready to be done. I go to confession. Um, sounds good. Uh, and then I leave with all the grace to never commit a sin again. I do. And um, But I leave there, but I still have this inclination to sin. I still want to sin, even though I'm not. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to sin. I'm going to be strong in Jesus. Um, but I still have a desire for it. Oh, that's that concupiscence. Huh? That's that uh, that scarring. That's uh, what we call the grimmies of sin. Huh? The grim- <laughs> I thought the grimmies were the little things at the bottom of the pot that uh, made yeah, the Look, look, good. and it's still there. You know, it's still there. You know, <laughs> don't don't use the goodness in the pot. Yeah, to describe our sin. <laughs> come on, we got to like, separate those words. So, uh, you can use a word like concupiscence, and you can't come up with a better man, word. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember talking to a good friend of mine. He's a priest, and. Uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, so I was telling them, I said, look, man, you got to uh, gotta work on this. You got to work on this. It was something that, you know, he's been struggling with. And uh, he said, yeah, man, but look, I got this uh, disease that runs in my family. And it's, uh, I mean, everyone's got it. It's real bad. It's called uh, concupiscence. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing. <laughs> I said, all right, man. Um, so uh, this concupiscence, this inclination towards sin, where was I going with that? Uh, you were talking oh, about the, the good cross, shepherd. Yeah. We're more like, we could be more glorified. We can be more like Jesus crucified than Jesus glorified here on earth. That I can unite my sufferings to Jesus in a better way than I can in regards to like all of my glories that I have here on earth, right? Because my glories are imperfect and they will be perfect in heaven, but here on earth I'm not. I could unite my sufferings to Christ uh, here on earth. And so that way, it's important because I think our second reading picks up on that. The book of Revelation, where it goes into... I thought you didn't want to go into Revelation. Well... Yeah, so we're I thought talk- you were afraid of Revelation. It's a it's a it's a dense topic. So right? Father has offered to teach a class on Revelation. <laughs> when are we doing that? So, backstory: Whenever we were talking right before the podcast, we were uh, remember I right was, when I hit record, right when you hit record, and I and so right yes, before I hit record, he was talking about the Book of Revelation and how it's see a, how we complete each other's sentences now. <laughs> it's a, it's a minefield. In. It's uh, it's the most dense and theologically dense, um, probably that one in Romans from St. Paul. Okay, so let's put this on the calendar in the fall. Father will teach a book on Revelation, uh, teach a class on Revelations. How many weeks should it be? It would have to be probably at least four or five. So four or five weeks. Um, and and what, <laughs> what particularly are we going to talk about in the book of Revelation? Because people are curious, <laughs> right? Naturally mm-hmm. curious about the book of Revelation because, I mean, turn on the radio and this morning they were talking about how we're living in the end times. And I mean, how many times have I heard this in my lifetime? The end of the world is near because the book of Revelations points to it. And that's not necessarily true. It's a, it's a, it's a minefield. 
I mean, in regard, a minefield in a good way because it's so theologically dense and it pulls into all, pretty much the entire Old Testament is pulled into it. Uh, and so, and then even overarching, overarching ideas, not even, is to get through one sentence of Revelation, there's probably like five references to the Old Testament. So Scott Hahn had his conversion based off of the book of Revelation and the overlayment that you can find about the mass. Yeah. So why don't we pick that topic? Why don't we look at the book of Revelation <laughs> or look at the mass through the lens of the book of Revelation? That would be that would be one class. Okay. So that's that would four be or five one. week class. No, 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 no. That would be like one. That would be one. If I have, if I teach four oh. class, like four one hour talks, that would be one, I know one hour talk okay. right there. Okay. Okay, so perfect. Coming September, no. <laughs> we're going to start the week after Labor Day. Um, Skyler, if you're listening, put this on the calendar. This is not going put on it the in calendar. The oh, it 100% <laughs> is. Guys, when y'all see Father at Mass this weekend, y'all tell him how excited you are about this class on the book of Revelation. <laughs> it was, no, it's a, it's a beautiful book. And St. John and St. Paul are both my favorite authors of the, of, in the New Testament. Uh, St. John's Gospel is beautiful. Beautiful. Everything he wrote is gorgeous. Father Brady's talking about adult formation. This is a great opportunity to yeah. form our adults. So thank you, Father, for volunteering to teach this class starting the week after Labor Day. <laughs> starting tomorrow. No, the week after Labor Day. That gives you, what, five months, four months to prepare? There we go. <laughs> okay, so you were talking about concupiscence. You were talking about the cross mm -hmm. and our suffering, and you were going into the second reading, yeah. which is the book of Revelation, the, book the class of that you're going to teach in September. <laughs> so... <laughs> the, um, so, our second readings have always has been coming from the Book of Revelation for the, all of Easter, uh, and this one goes into martyrs and how you know this group, this cloud of witnesses, uh, a multitude of what Saint John says, a great cloud of them. Um, were standing around the altar, dressed in white, holding palm branches, and they were the victorious ones. Those are the martyrs. The martyrs were washed white in the blood of the lamb, and palm branches are a universal sign of martyrdom, right? Are really taken up by Jesus entering into Jerusalem with palm branches, um, signifying the death that he would soon endure. These martyrs died for the faith. Now, whenever they were being martyred and killed and persecuted, did they feel consolation? A lot of them did, actually. I would think that you would... You've studied the lives of the martyrs probably more than I have because mm -hmm. I'm from Opelousas. They didn't teach me how to read. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I would imagine that if you're being tortured for the faith, you have to also be be in consolation because yeah. it would be difficult to be in desolation and not give up. It's um, with the saints. It's it's both. Sure. Right. Because the saints essentially are so detached from these consolations that God can give. I'm not saying that they don't appreciate it, but they're much more attached to God and the gift giver much more than the gifts. And so whether they're in consolation or desolation, they're dying for the faith and they're sure. glorifying God because they, they truly have faith 
right? Consolation is often given to me because I'm weak in my faith hmm. and that I need, I need the consolations to Preach. keep pushing. Yeah, I, because I need the consolations. And if I have only desolation, um, you know, I may not make it, you know? Or it's like someone like St. Teresa of Calcutta who had 50 years of the dark night of the soul, what Jesus truly felt on the cross. And yet she was faithful uh, to the end every single day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an immense faith that she had. That this good sh- that they truly listened to God and were able to follow him even if you know sometimes he had to break the legs to make sure that they just so that he can bring them closer to him mm-hmm. right because they're on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he's carrying them that's such a beautiful image when we talk about suffering just you know um, that the reality of suffering, right? Mm-hmm. We view in our humanity view suffering as maybe God smiting us, right? Even though I don't know if God really smites people anymore. I mean, I'm sure he does. Let me not say that. Um, we view suffering as something that maybe God inflicted on us, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times we, we don't look for God in the suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what the saints did. Cause, cause it may be a moment where our legs are broken because we keep running off because we're a stupid sheep who doesn't listen to the shepherd. And so now the shepherd just wants us to hear his voice. And yet in our humanity, we complain about the suffering about the moment, the storm that we find ourselves in. Right. Yeah. Um, and to kind of see this, I remember St. Ignatius of Antioch, is probably one of the the best examples of this. St. Ignatius of Antioch was what we'd call uh, an apostolic father. And so this is kind of the first generation of Christians um, like that lived, you know, he died, I think, in the year 110, right? So he was trained by St. John, uh, the beloved, uh, the gospel writer. And, um, and he begged Rome you know, of course, petitioning our Holy Father um, at the time, begging him to allow him to die for the faith because he was be- he was a bishop and he was being taken in to be uh, martyred, eaten by lions. And, and you know, the Christians were going to stop the Romans from doing this. And he petitioned Rome, uh, the Holy Father, and said, please do not stop this if it is God's will. Do not let us stand in the way of what good God can do through the suffering. Um, and, and, he, and he was martyred for the faith. And it's just this willingness to, to suffer for the faith. Um, because every, every martyr knew that the amount of good in, that could be done in heaven is much more than the amount of good that can be done on earth. That they knew that they could consecrate the ground with their blood by suffering for the faith. And I think that's a lost aspect today. Especially, we have more martyrs today than ever before. But especially in kind of our posh um, societies and uh, our easy way of living, a lot of people, priests, bishops, uh, lay people, everyone, can forget the amount of good that God can do if I am willing to suffer for the faith, that I, if I'm willing to stand up for the faith, uh, not in kind of an arrogant way, but I'm not going to abandon my Lord and his teachings, that it is that he gives me strength and that even if I am persecuted, you know, or God, you know, uh, if I'm martyred for the faith, then the amount of good that can be done 
is incredible. It's much more than I could ever imagine, and that our entire faith is built on the backs of the people that died for the faith, mm-hmm. right? Even, especially in our Cajun culture, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Cajuns that got up and were persecuted away from Nova Scotia and came down here to Lafayette, Louisiana, I still believe that's why the Diocese of Lafayette is in Louisiana is the most Catholic diocese in the nation mm-hmm. because our forefathers, our ancestors were persecuted for the faith for the simple reason that they were Catholic, Cajun and Catholic. And because they were Catholic, they were persecuted, came down here, and so they consecrated this ground with their blood. And that's why I, I, I still hold the belief that that is why we're the most Catholic diocese in the nation. Agreed wholeheartedly. Um, and in order for us, um, I'm going to start drawing us to a conclusion, right? Mm-hmm. And in order for us to um, continue to be the most Catholic area, we have to continue to recognize the voice of Jesus or begin to recognize the voice mm-hmm. of Jesus in our lives. Because let's let's just be honest, Christianity and Catholicism have been spun in a different direction. And unfortunately, it's been spun in a direction by some Christians and some Catholics, right? And, and in order for us to show the world again what Christianity and Catholicism and following the Good Shepherd looks like, we ourselves have to be the sheep that follow the Good Shepherd and love like the Good Shepherd loves us. And sometimes that's tough love. And and a lot of times that's invitational love that draws us deeper into who he is, right? We have to show the world who he is. And if we do that, then we stay the most Catholic area in the, in, in the country and 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 our world even if it's our little corner of the world looks different yeah and just kind of thinking about it hindsight 2020 in our gospel it says my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me i give them eternal life and they shall never perish if through whatever small suffering i can endure for the sake of the gospel, let's say I, I could bring a hundred people to Jesus in my life if, if I don't suffer for Christ, um, if I just choose not to. I just kind of, anytime it got hard, I, I choose to, you know, not suffer for Christ. But let's say I could bring 10,000 people to Jesus if I choose that I, I can suffer for Christ, that I can endure some splinter of the cross. Hindsight 2020, which one do you, do you think I should choose, huh? Because an eternal life, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose that I suffered for God, mm-hmm. because then I could be part of that great multitude, huh? That that's glorifying God close to the altar, and I could look at our, our blessed, our crucified Lord and say, I, I was close to your cross here on earth, so that I could be close to you in heaven. Because huh? on earth He endured the cross, and heaven is whenever He, uh, He He rose. And he ascended into heaven. And so whatever cross I'm given, as long as I'm listening to God, I can follow him. And he will give me rest Mm. as the good shepherd does. I like that. So just to recap, we had nothing to talk about when we hit record. We've talked about the good shepherd. We've talked about concupiscence and our um, inclination towards sin. We've talked about how Jesus calls us stupid. He refers to us as sheep. And it's because of our concupiscence 
towards sin, mm-hmm. right? It's because we're, we're dumb enough to fall in the same pit holes over and over and over again and not trust the good shepherd. We talked about suffering and how it has a redemptive nature. And sometimes, most of the time, all of the time, we look, we should look for Jesus in the midst of suffering, right? Because he's there beckoning in us to recognize his voice. And the only way that we can recognize his voice is if we commit to daily time in prayer, listening to him or at least being present toward him. Right. Um, and we scheduled a class on the book of revelations for September. Hope I need to forget. Nope. I actually (laughs) sent an, I sent an email right Uh when I was on my phone laughing. Um, I sent an email to Skylar and Barbara, um, and Mallory to get it scheduled for September. I copied you in it. Classes on revelations. (laughs) So y'all look for a class in September uh, on the book of revelation. Um, I think this was a great episode. We should not plan more often. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So, uh, all right. Well, um, this weekend we have our men's axe retreat. So we're going to have about 36 men from our parish, um, on retreat. And I want to invite all of you to pray for them, um, pray for us, uh, them and the team. So it's going to be a little over 70 something people total, uh, between the team and the men, uh, pray that the Holy spirit opens hearts this weekend, Hmm. um, and changes lives and draws men deeper into who he is. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing y'all this weekend at mass. Have a great week. God bless. God bless.